You're listening to the Swap Mono Live podcast show brought to you by our friends at OGO. OGO has been around for three decades, but it was in 2001 that the brand forever changed the way we think about gear bags. With never seen before features like specific storage compartments for your boots, helmets, gear, and more, the OGO 9800 is the most popular gear bag in motocross. Visit ogeopowersports.com. Hey, you're listening to the Swap Moto Live podcast presented by Ogeo, and I am uh, here chilling with uh, Monster Energy Yamaha's Aaron Plessinger, 2018-250 Western Regional Supercross champ and 250 National champ. <laughs> so, hey, uh, we're, we're in an interesting location. Where are we right now? <laughs> we are at... Uh... Bradley Taft's residence, and uh, A. Ray happens to stay here too. And yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm chilling here. I'm 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 cooped up here until I uh, go to Florida. Hopefully, this weekend. <laughs> nice. So, did you you used to have a house out here, didn't you? Uh, well, yeah. I was I was renting from shoot the end of 2016 until a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was <clears throat> I. Lived out here and then went back and forth from the East Coast uh, a couple times. And then, yeah, I uh, recently bought a house in Tallahassee, Florida. Mm-hmm. And going to go do some riding with uh, Barsha. Ah, right at Barsha's place. That place is big, huh? Yeah, yeah. I've I've actually never been there. I've yeah, Have you been there yet or no? <clears throat> no, not oh, yet. So like, you just seen the videos? Yeah. It's yeah. bigger in person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty... I'm pretty confident I might hit all the jumps. <laughs> Maybe. I'm I'm pretty scared of heights, so I don't yeah, know. You know what's funny is I was there oh man, years ago. I I think it was when I did my first Kickstart movie, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, I was there and it was big then and in the videos it looks like it's gotten even bigger. So <laughs> Yeah, I I bet, dude. Yeah, I mean some of these private compounds, it seems like the stuff is bigger than it is in at the races, right? Oh yeah. What's you, the, what's the strategy behind that? Just to make it like, when you get to the races, like Larocco's leap is like a little scrub jump. <laughs> it seems like it. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know all these all these places. I mean, even even Baggett's place is like has some has some pretty gnarly jumps yeah. on it. And it's, Baggett's uh, is crazy because there's no elevation there, right? But they yeah, built elevation. They they man made elevation, so that place that place is sick. But uh, I haven't seen I haven't seen Justin's in a while. Um, I've I've had him send me a couple pictures of it, and it mm-hmm. looks it looks pretty pretty huge. But uh, it looks sick, and I'm I'm nice, pumped to go nice. there. So Tallahassee, you won't be riding at, at Ricky's at all. Um, maybe if he invites us over. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> talked to him in a little bit, so yeah. Maybe we could work something out. <laughs> Dude, all I think about when I was at Ricky's is there's a lot of bugs. Yeah. And, dude, there was a lot of poison oak at his track, dude. like on the sides of the jumps. I can't get that, dude. Yeah. One time I was at his place, I think I was shooting photos of him, and I was like, oh, I get this good angle right here. And so I climbed up the side of the jump, and I was taking pictures, and I like looked, and I was literally standing in poison oak. Dude. And I was like, damn it. And so I went, I was going straight from his house to the plane. Oh. So I went into his shop and I got new clothes out of my luggage and I washed my whole, all my legs and my arms with contact cleaner, mm. but it worked. I didn't get it, but, uh, yeah, dude, I, I actually got that stuff. Um, I think it was, 
it was either, I think it was 2017. Mm-hmm. And dude, I'm so allergic to either poison ivy or poison ivy or poison oak, dude. Mm-hmm. It was, it literally started out like size of a quarter mm-hmm. and then it grew all the way from my like neck down to my toes. Oh, no way. It was Hold so on. bad. I had to get a shot in my butt and then dude, that was the most painful thing I think I've ever endured. Oh, dude. I think the gnarliest, uh. Case of poison oak I've ever seen was, um, you know, Travis Fant from MXA? Yeah. The, he was with some dumbasses who lit it in a fire. Oh, my and, God. And uh, the smoke carried the, the poison oak on him. Oh, my And his God. face swelled up, and his head got all swollen, and he looked like, you know, the little Lego people with yeah, the cylinder? Yeah. He looked like that, dude. It was oh great. Oh, my gosh. But, I can yeah. imagine, dude. I would... I don't even know what I would do. Yeah. I heard, like... Uh, Back in the day, uh, one of our uh, pinup girls was Gina Montoya, mm. and her brother Danny was like training to be a fireman, like the wilderness firefighters. Yeah. And he told me that they make them roll in it and get it on purpose over and over and over until they're immune to it or something. What? Uh, that don't seem like. Dude. That doesn't seem like part of the job. That would be too fun. That would do. That would be horrible. My mom, actually, she, uh, no. It's either my mom or my dad can't get it. Mm-hmm. Like they're oh immune they to could, it. Yeah, they could roll. Yeah, it yeah. There's some it. people that are like that. I I envy those people because if I could not get it, I would be very happy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember? Did you hear the story about how Wilbur got on his dick? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> it, he he said uh, he went he went with this chick and they went hiking the dog. He was messing up the story, right? He's like, oh, that, it was on the dog. And then you can get it from the dog. And he's like, so I was, I was, him and his chick were like going at it or something. And the dog came up and ran up. And somehow it transferred from the dog to his dick. <laughs> but he was, when he was trying to tell me it, he's like, I got it from the dog. And I'm like, how'd you get it from the dog on your dick? What are you doing with the dog, right? So he kept burying himself in the story. It was pretty oh good. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, I remember when he got it. It was when he was on Team Cowie. Yeah. And he was like showing it to everybody. Look at it. Look, look. It's swollen. Yeah, you know. It looks bigger. So, all right. So, um, man, you made the switch to the 450 class this year, right? And uh, how has it been getting used to the bike? And is it really a big difference getting on a bigger bike? Or is it just like, because, I mean, you rode a 450 as an amateur, I'm sure, right? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I actually loved 450s um Mm -hmm. you know i i couldn't wait to get back on when i got off of them in uh 14 and you know we we rode them a little bit on and off like Mm -hmm. in in the 250s but um you know i i always thought i would ride better on a 450 i i really gelled with it when i was when i was amateur and then uh you know it's it's just different like I don't know how to explain it. Like when you ride a stock 450 with just maybe a pipe on it and yeah. stuff, and then you go to, yeah, like a works or a factory 450 and they have all these different parts and it's, it's pretty, it's just hard to, to find the right setup for you. Mm-hmm. So like, so for instance, did you get on the bike and it's fully dialed, like built and everything, or did they let you start on a stock bike and build it up? Uh, no, nah, it was, it was, it was fully done up. Yeah. 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 So I was, I was straight into it. Um, 
and then like when I got on it, I was I really liked it. Um, obviously, I wasn't up to speed or anything, so mm-hmm. I all I was struggling with was the whoops, and you know I I went uh, to Milestone one day and swapped out and hurt my back, and I had to take uh, quite a while off, mm-hmm. and only got about um, three weeks to a month before Anaheim started, mm-hmm. so. I didn't really, didn't really have the time to put in on the 450. So you didn't even have time, not even to uh, to get used to it, but time to test and set it up ideally for you then, right? Yeah, yeah. So in the midst of trying to test, we or I got hurt and then mm-hmm. had to take all that time off. And then, uh, yeah, we were trying to cram it into two weeks, and and um, you know, I was I was comfortable. I was it was comfortable at the time, but as I got mm-hmm. faster. We just had to change a few things, and yeah, and, you get uh, faster, you have to get stiffer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So beforehand, I was I was really really soft, and mm-hmm. I kept climbing. It kept getting better and better, and I uh, I just recently kind of had to tame it down just a little bit. The the, the bike, engine? yeah, just it, it's gnarly. Like I'm what I'm used to on a 450 is just smooth, fast, but really smooth power mm-hmm. on a Yamaha and uh, do, you, do you have the option to say yo can you can I ride a stock engine for a little while I mean or is it no you're um I mean I I feel like if I if I would push for it like mm-hmm. a lot they would let me but I think they they have everything like with mapping and mm-hmm. everything now to to detune that motor to yeah. where you can get it below stock yeah and even stock so i mean if if i really wanted to i could probably do it but they have the they have the skills or the the tools dino right yeah the dino yeah dino dino's gnarly (laughs) yeah he's he's done some testing in his days (laughs) right so uh getting off the 250 wait no you didn't ride the current generation no yeah yeah it was a totally different chassis and everything yeah so it was it was like going from one bike to a totally different totally bike. different bike yeah. yeah so i i didn't even get to ride the 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 19 250 mm-hmm. so it was it was like uh totally different everything for me bars i mean they're kind of the same but like everything was different and yeah, then yeah. air forks to spring forks and then just everything was a little yeah. A little so weird did you first. race last year with Air Forks? Yeah. I've okay. I mean I've been on Air Forks ever since I think the last time racing a Spring Fork was 2013 mm-hmm. Loretta's. Oh wow. Yeah. Your whole pro career you've been on that. Yeah, I think so. See, it's funny because like I think for the average Joe guy, uh, Air Fork is, it, it, I think it offers him too much tunability, too many options. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I've got friends that don't even check their tire pressure, you know, <laughs> let alone fork pressure, right? Like, yeah, yeah. But, like, my brother, you know, he's always like, oh, the Air Fork is, it's good for the highest level guy mm-hmm. for this and that, but he thinks it's, too advanced for a, a schmo also right because you could there's a lot you could screw up oh yeah but uh definitely 
But I don't know. I, I never wrap my head around the whole air thing. I mean, obviously I, I'm at a slow vet guy speed, but um, you guys are on works KYB PSF two stuff, I believe. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, the stuff I had last year. It was like it was so perfect, and like I think you find that one setting mm-hmm. that is really really perfect for you and you kind of just gotta stick with that maybe go mm-hmm. half a psi this way half psi that yeah. way yeah. and i mean it i was kind of like confused like earlier testing this year mm-hmm. on like how my bike felt so perfect last year and it's so different this year yeah but like I didn't really take into consideration that I had been on that bike for four years yeah. developing it and testing this, testing that and getting it so perfect for me. And then I was like, all right, I kind of, I kind of understand why mm-hmm. I need some, I need some more time on the 450 just to get some riding time and just develop the bike a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. I think, I think the air fork, is a little advanced. (laughs) Did you have the option to say, Hey guys, I want to run air fork or is it just like, no, you're running the spring fork. Uh, I haven't, I haven't really asked. Um, I've kind of just run what they gave me. (laughs) You know, new guy conforms. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I heard a little bit like last, last year, like Coop went back and forth and back and forth. And Mm -hmm. like, I, I would like to, try to get what they would like me to run mm-hmm. perfect. And if I absolutely can't do it, then I'll be like, Hey, why don't we try something else? But you know, like, like I said, I haven't really done too much testing. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try to do that before. So are you still at this point experimenting on race day with different stuff? A little bit. I think now we have uh, a really good setting. Mm-hmm. Um, I did some testing, uh, yesterday and, uh, it was, it was really, really good. Um, and then, yeah, I've been just kind of going through the weeks and we have a designated test day, which is Tuesday and we would just try whatever I wanted to try. Mm-hmm. And if it kind of like everything felt, everything feels good, like, before we go to the races and it's, and it's kind of like totally different at the races. Mm-hmm. And I've, <clears throat> I've kind of figured out a little bit on how to set the bike up for the races. And after this weekend, I was really pumped with the bike mm-hmm. and I just had a few little things that I wanted to try. And, um, yeah, we came back and we tried them and, and we slowed the bike down a little bit. And, uh, I think that's, what's going to push me a little bit forward. I can, mm-hmm. I can actually move forward without kind of being, being too scared of the bike. Is it all engine stuff that you're messing with or is it suspension? And like, like I imagine you have your bars figured out. And yeah. Yeah. It goes and stuff. Yeah. We have the, <clears throat> everything on like the, the outside of the bike figured out, but, uh, it's engine and suspension that we're, we're mm-hmm. kind of messing with a little bit. Um, when you uh, signed your 450 deal, did you have any other options, 
or was were you always like, hey, I had all the success on a Yamaha, going to the Yamaha 450 team? Uh, well, it was it was kind of a weird deal. Um, you know, I've been on Yamahas. Uh, shoot, um, this will be eleven years, I think. So I've been on Yamahas, and I've wanted to stay on Yamahas for yeah forever mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but uh you know i it was it was a weird deal how it, how it went about um you know i originally was going to race 250 this year uh for west east or west mm-hmm. supercross and then uh go out and ride a 450 for outdoors but things changed and and they said uh big dog yamaha said hey why don't you come Pulling just going to ride our bike and yeah. and do the whole series. And I was like, well, hey, might as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm going to do 450 outdoor, I might as well learn learn some Supercross on a 450. Yeah. Were you uh, ever hesitant about the 450 Yamaha? Because, like, ever since the bike went reversed engine and the, the crazy, unique style, <laughs> you know, like, think if you think back, like, Stu struggled on it. Um, it seems like people have struggled on it. I mean, I personally think the 19th's badass, but it seems like the 450 has never been as good for the riders as the 250 has. And why is that? Is it because it has more power? Uh, I think they, I mean, I mean, it can have way too much power. <laughs> and I think that people think that, oh yeah, more power. I'm going to go faster, you know? And, uh, I mean, the way, the way that Barsha rides it, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. I, I don't think it matters how much power he has <laughs> yeah. because he's just going to put it to the ground and go. But, um, yeah, I think they, I don't know why they would struggle, but I, it's hard to say, like, well, I mean, the earlier generations obviously he, didn't corner as well. Yeah, that, that was the big problem Stu had was getting way over his front, I think. And yeah, whatever. but I mean, for instance, like you're close with Cooper, right? Yeah, I think he never gelled with either of the bikes, right? Yeah. Um, did that make you hesitant at all? Because like I know like, like tall guys seem to mesh with the Yamaha better than short guys. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's I mean that seems like the way it goes um you know i i never was really that hesitant because shoot when i was riding my 450 and 14 Mm -hmm. i i was in love with that thing you know i Mm -hmm. uh i wanted to ride it more than i wanted to ride anything else and i was like if i can get that feeling on 450 factory bike i'd be unstoppable (laughs) you know i um i wasn't ever really hesitant but um i don't know it just it's just weird how how it can work for one guy and and not work for Mm -hmm. another guy i just i don't know maybe maybe riding styles maybe the tallness um i think i don't know that kind of baffles me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how how different are your your setups from Barsha's? <laughs> well, it seems like every every 
every problem we have, we have the exact opposite problem. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like if 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 his bike's too tall in the rear, mine's too low in the rear. Uh-huh. If uh, well, like we we had similar problems this this past weekend. We didn't have enough weight on the front end, but uh, yeah, it seems like every every problem we have, it's it's almost opposite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and our our riding styles are uh, completely opposite. Yeah, it is so <laughs> crazy to like to watch because I was telling somebody this the other day. Like, if you watch him at the practice track, just going around it, in my mind, he's he's already freaking 10 seconds faster than I am. Like mm-hmm. I'm looking at him. I'm like, he's going so fast. He's going so <laughs> fast. And, uh, and I'll get out there and then I'll run a lap time pretty close to his. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't sound like that. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. It's just he weird. Sounds like, uh, he doesn't sound like anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, <clears throat> he was, he was saying to me at one race, he, uh, he, he had to lug it through the whoops, like just, but 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 he was like I didn't like that I hated that uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like that's how I go through <laughs> yeah but yeah I I think if I if I try to go through the whoops like him I'd end up in the rafters yeah. I'd end up in the stands or something yeah I I I mean he's got that riding style figured out mm-hmm. and uh, I guess we're we're both a little unique <laughs> yeah yeah hey uh. So how would you say you are right now? Like, are you 80%, 90%? Like, how how close to your potential are you feeling right now? I'm feeling really good right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I <laughs> you kind of bummed me out because I was feeling really good at Oakland. Or, yeah, Oakland. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was running fourth, I think, and freaking crashed. And uh, it bummed me out because, like, I – got back up and, and was running behind Cooper for a little bit and then blue flags came out and I had to pull over and I, I ran with uh, Eli and Roxon for I think five or six laps and I was feeling really good and mm-hmm. then I was just like man if I could have stayed up yeah, <laughs> if yeah, I could have yeah. stayed up I would have been right here but uh no I, I I'm feeling good in my fitness and and my health is is really good right now. Back, the back is better. Yeah, everything's so how, everything's how good. How bad of a back injury was it? Was like, did you? Was it one of the you broke a vertebrae and they're covering it up, or I mean, did you just tweak your back? Uh, well, I I um I had a compression fracture in my T eight, and oh. then I I guess I lost what thirty percent height bone height in my oh bone height. yeah 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 in my in my t8 and uh-huh. then i had disc bulges from t2 down to t8 so it just took were me you in. doing that spinal decompression stuff where they're stretching you out or uh no i just kind of i mean i bought an inversion table so i yeah I, I was laying on that quite a bit but um yeah i just took a little time off you yeah. know i think i was trying to get ready almost not too quick but mm-hmm. i was just trying to push myself really hard yeah to be ready and i think it it kind of bit me and and it was the universe's way of trying to tell me like hey slow down <laughs> slow down <laughs> slow down buddy you're you're doing fine <laughs> yeah. so are the bulges all back in now and yeah yeah everything's yeah. everything's good there's i mean i feel a little bit between my shoulder blades every once in a while mm-hmm. but i mean 
everything. It it didn't feel like it it did because yeah. I I was actually trying to ride after, and I didn't. I actually got an X ray, and they didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, you gotta do an MRI for back stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. after after the X ray, I was like, damn, I'm I'm being a little girl about this. Yeah, I'm soft. <laughs> yeah, I'm soft. And then every I I tried to ride like twice after mm-hmm. that. And every time I sat into something or landed off of something, even over jumped something just by hair, yeah. it was like, took my breath away. And after the second time, I was like, dude, I, I need to do something. Mm-hmm. And uh, ended up getting an MRI and they were like, yeah, you need some time off. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. it was, yeah, it was like, I think they told me I need a month off. But by that <laughs> time, it was like, almost two weeks since yeah. it happened yeah. and I was like, well, I'll just take these next two weeks off and then yeah. see how I feel. Was it a, uh, was it actually a crash or was it just like, did you cheat out on something real bad? Uh, yeah, it was actually a crash. So mm-hmm. a milestone. Yeah. You come out of the left hander into the whoops and my bike was kind of skating around in the whoops mm-hmm. all day and I had five laps in my moto left and I, was pushing myself to catch uh, Oldenburg and went into the whoops, swapped, and then just Justin said it looked like I was about 15 feet in the air and then just oh, come shit. down on my right on my ass. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was like, dude, I was laying there and I was like, oh, and making the noise. Yeah. Really yeah. Dude, and Justin, Justin rolled up. He was the first one over there and I was like, dude. I think I ripped my butthole. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, well, that wasn't what I wanted to hear. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, dude, I was, I, it hurt so bad. And then after that, I obviously loaded up. And when I was getting undressed, I was like, it just felt like I was like short of breath. Like mm. just, just couldn't say, hey, catch come, my breath. Come check like, it out. Is it bleeding? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, Hey dude, I actually hollered at Will. I was like, Hey, Will. Yeah, Can what was that? <laughs> what was the picture that I kept seeing? Like you crashed last year. Oh, oh no, that was in seventeen at High Point, oh. dude. Uh, and <laughs> like when I'm when I'm like opening my pants and Will's just Will's like standing in. over me. Yeah, I, uh, my my forks broke at uh, High Point, and it was the last lap of practice, and I already pulled in. I should have just pulled off and. I went around and uh, I was mad because I didn't get a good lap time, so I just pulled or pulled back out, went and did a lap, and then as soon as I hit that drop down, the forks just compressed all the way, mm-hmm. and bars knifed and then just stabbed me right. Got you in the unit. Yeah, got me right in the unit, and uh, the thing was like in pretty bad shape. Really? Yeah, it like cut it. it? it cut it. Sp- skinned it up and it was like uh it was pretty purple I'd, yeah. i had to do i had to do like a makeshift cast no. for the yeah yeah for the motos it was it was pretty <laughs> yeah, bad two popsicle sticks <laughs> but yeah like um i think brad hoffman was the first one over there and i was like i was like dude 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 hey bleeding. hey seriously when you hurt your junk how scary is it to look right oh. you, you just don't even want to look, right? Oh, dude, I took off running after I crashed, and I was like running, holding it, and I was like undoing my pants, and I was like, please, 
please, please <laughs> still don't be there. Fall off. <laughs> like, don't fall down my pants. And I looked and it was still there, but it was pretty, it was pretty beat up. And I was oh. like, Oh my God. So I sat down and I was still freaking out cause it hurt. And Will came over and said, let me see it. Yeah. And Will came <laughs> over and he didn't even get a chance. He was like leaning down to say like, like what happened or whatever. Yeah. And I just went, I just lifted up my pants and he was like, Oh, <laughs> Oh, oh, oh my God! <laughs> oh. Did 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 you go see uh, Bodner and? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He de- didn't need stitches or anything. It was just, uh, it was just it was just skinned up and had a had a few cuts on it, but <laughs> not too deep. <laughs> but do you know my nut story? I think I've heard bits and pieces, but not the whole thing. Oh, yeah, I was at Hangtown, and it was when it was two day national still. Yeah. And uh, it was the year that Ashley Filek turned pro. Okay. <clears throat> I had a broken wrist. So I had this fucking pink cast from here to here. <laughs> but I was videoing. I was making a video about her pro debut, right? Yeah. So at Hangtown, you know how they have that big wall of hay bales around the first turn? Yeah. I'm standing on the hay bales, and I film her going on the first turn. And I'm like, okay, sick. And I see her, like, go over the bars in, like, the third turn or something. I'm like, oh. I'm like looking down to, to jump off the hay bales, right? But I'm thinking, well, I don't want to be the dumbass carrying an $8,000 camera and a pink cast jump down and fall down, right? Yeah. So instead I sat on the hay bales and scooted off the edge. But I didn't realize that there was like FMF banners on the inside. So I I scarecrowed myself on a wooden stake. Like, oh. Whoosh, right? So it snaps. And then you know how like when you try not to fall, you run like 50 yards in two steps? Yeah, I'm doing yeah. that, and I'm like horrified that I cut everything off. But at the same time, I'm trying to play it off because like I did it in front of a lot of people, you know. Yeah. So I'm like walking. I'm just trying to be like cool and and not think about it. And you know when you hit your nuts, it kills, but oh, then it man. gets better. Yeah. So I didn't even look, and I was like, oh, maybe I just smashed my nuts real bad, and it's all right. So I filmed the whole race. <laughs> She wins. She gets up and wins her first pro moto ever. And I go to the podium and I'm these. I used to know some sign language, so I'm like, oh, "Good job." Yeah. And she signs. Well, why is your leg bloody? And I look down and my my legs like got streaks of blood on it. And I'm like, "Oh no, oh, shit!" So I oh. go into I go in the Astros rig, and Bodner's all, "Hey, what's up, Swap?" And I'm all, "Dude, I I think I cut my dick off." And he's all, "Oh, come inside. Let let's see it." And I took my pants down, and my left ball was, like, right here. <coughs> it was, like, halfway down my thigh. Oh, my god! And there was all these, like, uh, bloody stripes from it, like, swinging back. Oh, my God. No way. <laughs> Dude, it looked like a, it looked like a, like a, a dumpling that you get at a Chinese restaurant, oh right? God. With this purple ramen noodle. <laughs> oh. And I just go, I look at Bodner, I'm all, it's out, it's out, it's out. And I, I faint, right? Oh, my God. <clears throat> and I wake up, and I'm, I'm on the gurney. And, like, you know, at the, at the Nationals, there's, like, 10, 15 people and running around in the Astros shirts. Yeah, yeah. All of them are in the, in the truck oh, looking at me. Just looking. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my God. And Bodner's like, oh, it, it's cool you know we'll get you fixed up swap <laughs> and he's like he says he's gonna stitch me up right and i'm like oh my god and all of a sudden he's all hey what what's 
hey, get me the forceps. And he pulls a st- – well, he, first of all, he was pulling hay out of my sack. Oh. But then he pulls a splinter out from the wood. And it was like, you know when you go to the Chinese restaurant, you, the chopsticks? It was like a like two-inch piece. Psh. He oh. pulls it out, and then blood goes shooting out. And he's all, hey, you know, we better send you to the hospital to get an ultrasound to make sure we don't stitch you up with wood inside you. Oh. So then I had to, yeah, they, I'm on, I leave in an ambulance. And so everybody's like, why is Don leaving yeah. oh, an ambulance? Happened? And I'm thinking, oh, the, it's like the hospital. There's a confidentiality thing. They can't say anything. <laughs> I'm all embarrassed, right? So I get taken to the hospital and, um, in an ambulance and I go to the ER and they leave me in the hallway cause it was packed and I'm on the gurney in the hallway for like a couple hours, maybe finally get taken in and they, uh, ultrasound my nuts. Like, you know, you see the pregnant ladies get the, yeah, yeah. and then, Oh, oh but before the, before I got put in the ambulance, Bodner's all, I'm just going to throw like three or four big wide stitches in, just keep it from falling back out. I'm okay. So then I get to the thing. They they say, you're clean. You're good to go. And the doctors just saw, okay, you can go. And I'm all, whoa, whoa, bro. Dr. Bodner at the track said that he'd stitched up real wide and I'll need to get real stitches here. And the doctor's all, hmm, you're fine. Scrotal tissue heals really fast. It's like the inside of your mouth. <laughs> right? So, so I go to the hospital. I go back to the hotel and I'm jacked up, right? And I wake up in the morning and my whole bed is all bloody. Oh. And I I go to the track on Sunday and Bodner's all, yeah, how you doing? I'm all, dude, he didn't stitch me up. And he's all, what? And I go, dude, he was like kind of a dick. He didn't, didn't do anything. So Bodner stitched me up. I, I want to say it was like 18 or 20 stitches. Holy shoot. And uh, then he wrapped me up with gauze so tight. I was like, you know, you see the oh. sumo wrestlers with the thing. Yeah, up. yeah. So I walked around the track and I wasn't even limping because he had me up so tight and I was okay. And I'd shot photos all day and everything. And like everybody, everybody knew the story, <laughs> but people are like, Oh, you're not even limping. You must be okay. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. But then I got on a plane that night to go home and you knew you get in the elevation oh, yeah. and things swell up, dude. Ooh. <laughs> oh no. It was so bad. So. Yeah, I, I understand your uh, your yeah. horror of your crash. Sorry, this turned into a, a nutsack uh, podcast. But hey, let's take a quick break to uh, hear from our sponsors, and we'll be right back there in Pleasanger. For over six decades, Scott Motorsports has pushed the limits of innovation, providing our customers with the most advanced technology available. Scott is honored to be the exclusive eyewear sponsor of the Swap Moto Live podcast. Athletes such as Chad Reed, Justin Barsha, and myself, Adam Cientrillo, require the best performance, which is why we choose the Scott Prospect Goggle. Recognized as the number one goggle in racing, Scott is proud to be made in the USA. Check out scott-sports.com to see their complete line of high-performance goggles. Hey, what's up, guys? Malcolm Stewart. This offseason, I've been training harder than ever getting ready for 2019. And I've been using Rhino Power supplements before, during, and after my training and has made a big difference, especially the motivation pills. Use Swap Moto as your discount code at checkout for 10% off your purchase plus free shipping on rhinopower.com. Hey guys, Hunter Lawrence here. 
Lately I've been spending a whole lot of time at the mountain bike trails in the local area on my intense primer and the thing's badass. For how good it is going up the hill it's uh, amazing coming down the hill. It's uh, comfortable, nimble and it doesn't feel uh, like you're going to go over the bars every five seconds. Uh, all their bikes in their lineup are awesome. So yeah, you're ready to get serious about training on a cross country bike or crushing lap times at your local trails or if you want to go a bit further longer and faster they they just brought out a new taser e-bike which is uh, yeah everyone's given the double thumbs up on so head down to your local intense dealer or, or purchase uh, directly at intensecycles.com check it out guys hi uh i'm mitch payton from monster energy pro circuit kawasaki team and uh just want to give a shout out to the throttle syndicate um it's a new name but it's the same company that's been around for uh 30 years. We've been with them since the very beginning in 1991 and they're a big part of why our bikes always look the way they do. We're really proud to have them involved and hopefully they have a good year. Visit ThrottleSyndicate.com to view the full range of customizable graphic kits, gripper seat covers, sticker kits and more. Use promo code Live at checkout for a 20% discount off your order. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Life podcast for additional discounts in the shop. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota of Escondido Action Sports Team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the Action Sports Special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. So we're back. Did, did, your, did your nuts hurt at all when I was telling you that story? Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> dude, I could not imagine. Dude, horrible. I hey. could, uh, yeah, I, I would faint. I would, I'd probably keep on fainting. Yeah. So it was funny because then I wrote a column about it in the magazine. And I wrote, you know, ladies and gentlemen, this is the tale of how I put the sack in Sacramento <laughs> and put the hang and let it all hang out at Hangtown. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, then years later, I was at Paris and I was doing a, a race and the, the guy in the starting line is like, you know, he's pointing down before he drops the gate and then he sees me and he goes, and he makes everybody kill their engine and he comes up to me and he's all, are you swap? Well, yeah, he, goes, oh he goes, how's the coin purse, bro? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. So, dude, was that like your uh, most horrifying injury? It probably wasn't your worst, but it was probably the scariest. Yeah, that was definitely the scariest. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what I would do if I lost a unit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that had me scared for sure. I, they thought, I, they thought I, I hurt my wrist because I uh, – I went running down, holding my holding my thing, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Oh, it looks like he hurt his wrist." And then <laughs> the next shot is Will looking, looking over me, your <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, what is he doing?" So, how long did that take to heal? Um, 
it was scabbed up for probably two two weeks. Ooh. Yeah, it was it was not good. Like boxers would get stuck and oh like yeah. Yeah. It was like any kind of road rash you got, like on your leg, jeans get stuck or shirt gets stuck on the back. Yeah. No good. It stung for sure. <laughs> All right, changing subjects a little bit. I think I asked you this before of like are you doing something different with your gear now? Because you look like so skinny now. And like, <laughs> like, like last year, did you wear like XL jerseys or something? Well, I wore, I, I wore XL jerseys, but like, are I you still wearing wear XL them. jerseys just because of the length of your arms? Yeah, yeah. Like, if I wear large jerseys, they they come up to my like pretty much like yeah Michael Essi back in the day. Oh yeah, <laughs> like after a moto, I'm I'm like squeezing uh-huh. get them down but then i guess the what's called the prime prime fit thor stuff is tighter right yeah yeah that stuff that stuff i can wear large mm-hmm. but the new like the the old larges were really tight on me but mm-hmm. the new larges are are good yeah but and then i think because you used to wear the front chest protector with mm-hmm. that baggy jersey yeah and so it would like pinch and then go boof yeah, at the end, at the at the out. bottom. Yeah. When you uh, went to the 450, mm. leaving the Star Yamaha team, obviously one of the coolest things was, hey, I'm not on a team gear contract, right? Yeah. I mean, I and to me, it seems like that would be cool, like for the first time in your pro career. Yeah, I get to look however I want to, right? Yeah. So, were you were you excited about it, or am I just being a goon? No, no, go? yeah. I, I mean. I was excited about it. There was there's a few people that uh were talking to me, but you know, like becoming having such a good relationship with Thor mm-hmm. and and they have so many good people around like Hilton and, and Andy and, and everybody who works at Thor is just awesome. You mm-hmm. know, I go I've I've been down there quite a few times and to their office and it's just like a family over there yeah. and like parts unlimited and everything it's just i I don't know i i just couldn't i just couldn't leave them you know yeah. it was i think their door is pretty gnarly usually about like when a 250 guy moves up they really want to keep them right yeah yeah and i think that's that's really good and and uh like i said they they treat me like a family so you, you didn't think about changing the seven gear because <laughs> i i yeah i mean <laughs> maybe i'm sure some people were after you oh yeah yeah they they um some people definitely wanted me but i didn't really i didn't really have an interest in leaving thor mm-hmm. you know just just because of the the whole relationship and and we've been with them now for their star has been with them right now for two years and mm-hmm. and in that time i became such good friends with with everybody in the in the thor tent yeah yeah if you'd say but uh a lot of cool guys down at that office yeah dude do you know uh do you know the fake asian scott kowalski yeah yeah dude, dude how funny is that guy <laughs> full korean hilarious. dude but he was adopted by you know a polish family dude he yeah. denies his ethnicity so <laughs> hard dude like like i'll be at a korean restaurant and like korean people eat some gnarly stuff right and you <laughs> yeah. have to like, get a taste for it so 
I'll always send him a picture of, of something. And he just writes back, gross. And I'm like, dude, you're Korean. He goes, no, man, I'm not. I'm not Korean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, uh, I was actually down there before before the season started and we shot a commercial. I was down there for like, it was like eight hours or something like that. Mm-hmm. So we, we hung out quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, Austin, right? Yeah. Designer shot. Yeah, he's yeah. cool. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, so, uh, you switched into a stars helmet. Mm-hmm. You're already wearing a stars boots, but yeah. How did you select your helmet? I mean, we're, you could have stayed in a bell or probably changed anything else, but yeah, uh, it, it was definitely tough, you know, um, because like, like bell, I, I was, or I'm still really, really good friends with, with Benny and, mm-hmm. and Kyle over there. And, and, um, yeah, it was, it was really tough, but, uh, you know, Gabriel put up, put up pretty hard bargain <laughs> and, uh, I tried the helmet and yeah. I really liked it and, um, you know, it's light and safe. It's comfortable. Know. Yeah. I've, I've cracked my noggin a couple of times in it and, uh, it's, it's done its job, yeah. you know? So I, um, <clears throat> I really thought it was a safe helmet, a light helmet and, uh, I thought when it, you know, I thought it looked really good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know what I like about it is is sometimes when you get those helmets that are that light, they're kind of loud. Yeah, and, and the bell is really quiet. Yeah, so yeah. it's not that loud. I mean, I I like it. I work quite a bit. Yeah, and uh, it's it's really good. It just it kind of like you said, it's like it's still quiet, but it's it's really light and mm-hmm. really nimble. Like. I never, I was never able to notice like a, a GoPro on, on my head mm-hmm. before and a bell. And the first time I put a GoPro on in, in the A-Stars helmet, I was like, whoa, this feels, this feels pretty weird. Oh, because <laughs> the helmet's so light. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, hey, for you, way to it. Uh, is the visor good for you? Because like there's no adjustment. In it. But for me, it, it's because I, I get in a bell and I go, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It all the way up, stick you know? it all the way up. Yeah, um, I always, I always liked just barely seeing my my uh, visor. So mm-hmm. I would do it in the bell, and then I like as soon as I put the helmet on, it was a little weird because it stuck down just a hair. Mm-hmm. But now I've gotten used to it, so yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty cool. Hey, bringing up uh, Benny at Bell a little bit. Do you know what his real name is? Oh, I know it. Um, <laughs> shoot. He's one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh my gosh. I know it's. <laughs> He's going to be so bummed. What is what, didn't Raphael. It? Raphael. Yes. Raphael, yes. Yeah. Dr. G. Dr. G used to call him that all the time. Dude. Yeah. So I was, I was like, dude, nothing wrong with Raphael. I say when we chill out, I'm, I'm. Donatello and you're Raphael, (laughs) half the Ninja Turtles. Oh, that is awesome. (laughs) um, Goggles, are you still in hundreds? Yeah, still in hundreds. Yeah, yeah, those are cool guys. Yeah, they, they, uh, they got some good stuff coming too. So I'm, I'm really excited for this, uh, this coming year for them. Were you uh, going from a team deal to the individual? You you change your, your clothes or do whatever you want, but were you also free to get 
any outside sponsors that maybe you couldn't have gotten on a team deal? Um, yeah, I'm kind of still exploring that. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know like what my options are because, you know, like I do have like Hammer Nutrition and and um, a couple other ones. What what? Yeah, Toyota Vescondito. Toyota Vescondito. Yeah. yeah, we're we're teammates, bro. Yeah, we are teammates. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah. you had that before. That was a they actually sponsored the whole star team. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, so when you moved up to the 450 off the team, were you worried that you're not gonna get a truck? I was a little worried, but. Damien, Damien kind of, kind of yeah. reassured me that, that I was going to yeah. still be on the team and, and, uh, still get the, the top notch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's pretty awesome to be on that program. I mean, dude, I, I think, uh, I think when we were at that open house, you weren't at the open house. You were sick. No. Yeah. I had food poisoning. Dude. Oh, that was horrible. What did you eat? Shrimp, bad shrimp. Oh, dude, it was so bad. Like it didn't kick in until like the next day, uh-huh. but I I was I was supposed to help move like all my furniture into a moving truck, and yeah. we got two pieces of furniture in, and I was like, I was like hunched over, and I couldn't do it. Dude, I, was like, I used to eat shrimp all the time when I was little, mm-hmm. and when I was like like sixteen, um, you know, my mom's like, "Hey, we for dinner? My like, oh, shrimp." She pulled out of the freezer, I guess, and it was had freezer burn on it. I guess that's a thing when it's exposed or something. And so she like took the one out that was freezer burn, but she didn't get it all out. So oh, I ate some gosh. shrimp that was bad. And dude, it was weird. And I, my face just went woof, swelled up all giant. Right. I look oh like, I look like the vampires from remember that show Buffy, the vampire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I look like that. But, uh, I remember when I was in the emergency room, when they were letting me go, the doctors all, Hey, your, your body's going to remember that. And, and, you can't eat shrimp anymore for the rest of your life. Cause, and I was like, nah, right. Oh my gosh. But, but true to, true to his word, shellfish now to me lights me up. Like if I, if I eat shrimp on accident, like I was in Japan once and eating and I, I like looked and I had half a shrimp hanging out of something. I'm like, Oh no. Oh, face boom. Like Dang. jacked up. So did you get like that at all? Or no, nah, it just was just your like, stomach? yeah, it was just like I had a knot in my stomach and whatever I ate that morning would not digest. Oh, it really? was like, it was like I could feel it right yeah. here and it would not go down. So it like, I, I was going to the bathroom like nonstop, mm-hmm. but I wasn't throwing up. So I mm-hmm. had to go and freaking make myself throw up and oh. get it out and, I felt a lot better after I, after I did that, but it was only for about 20 minutes and then it all came back and I was just laying in bed, like closing my eyes, trying to focus on like not throwing up and not wanting to throw up and like trying to get, trying to get like fluids down. And yeah. It was, it was a mess. Dude, food poisoning sick is the gnarliest. Did, yeah. Did you get chills and all that? Oh dude, I was... I was freezing cold and it's just like, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. It was like the flu, but without the like nasal congestion or like mm-hmm. 
like coughing or whatever. Yeah. It was just, it was so bad. I don't wish it upon anybody. Yeah. Okay. So what was worse? The way you felt that night or was it Oakland Supercross when you're super sick? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> that was gnarly. Cause I, dude. you know, you, you won the race anyway. And as soon yeah. as you finish, you're just like, blam on the ground. Yeah. I was, I was so depleted. Like, I think just because I won that race, I think I felt worse the other day when I had food yeah. poisoning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But dude, like on the, on the way back, like, cause I flew home that night mm-hmm. and I, I was done. Messed up. I was up. so dead. I was just like on the plane just sleeping and then on the way back sleeping and then that whole next day and that even leading into the next week mm-hmm. i was like not not myself at all yeah. and then even san diego i didn't feel 100 percent, but it was like that that just that just kept on mm-hmm. and i i couldn't recover for like two weeks after that yeah i just had a thought you know last year you were doing all your dances <laughs> Like the last guy to do dances like that was Stu, and then this year you're number seven. Yeah. So, like, are you like the White Shadow or something? <laughs> I'm the reincarnation. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I'm just giving my myself big footsteps to follow and try and push me a little harder. Yeah, we talked about this before, but did you know seven was available? It's been available for a couple of years, right? I think so. Yeah, I mean. I think it's what a year after mm. they don't score any points or something yeah. like that. Why did you choose it? What cuz what else is available? 9 8 there, 9 8 5 and 7. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, was it too soon to take Dunge's number? Uh, I think so. Yeah? I think yeah, it was just uh I mean, I ran number 5 at Loretta's one year. Mm. It kind of did me dirty. <laughs> so yeah i didn't i didn't really gel with that number but um <clears throat> now i just i just thought it was it was pretty fitting you know seven factory yamaha yeah you know he he did win a title on mm-hmm. on the yamaha and uh he was one bad dude yeah you know and um to not take the number i think would have been an insult nice uh did you ever uh interact with Stu much or did you i never even met him really actually i i think i got an autograph in in 2006 (laughs) yeah from him at kenworthy's Uh uh-huh so i think that was the only time i i actually like talked to him yeah but went to his house in 2014 you get to ride yeah i got i i rode and and uh him that and, place is big too dude that place is huge i i'm scared of heights so was, <laughs> you don't like to jump that high dude, yeah i i i used to until like i think it was until like 2012 i absolutely hated jumps that you could not see the landing mm. dude one year oak hill i um i didn't jump this this jump on the top of this hill 
it was like a little step down. It was it was only like fifty feet. Uh-huh. I was on eighty fives and I didn't jump it until the last race of yeah, the last day of the week, the last race. Mm-hmm. So my dad was pissed, <laughs> dude. He was so mad, dude. And I I got back after I jumped it and I thought he was gonna be all pumped. He was like, You wait till now? Yeah. Wait till now, Even more fist because yeah, he was yeah. like, he was, oh yeah, I don't think he forgave me for that one. <laughs> so how was uh, how was Scott as a as a mini dad or a, a racer dad? Uh, he was he was good, you know. Um, he wasn't too gnarly, you know. Mm-hmm. He he um, coached me along really good, but you know, at times like that, he was he was just like, come on. Come on, you're better yeah. than that. <laughs> but no, nah, he was he was really good. You know, he taught me everything I know. Mm-hmm. Um, up until like I, I spent a year at uh, MTF, and then uh, until I went to Matt Walker's, he was my trainer. Mm-hmm. And I think it was good to an extent, but you know, no one no one wants to admit they want to listen to their dad (laughs) so i was just like we kind of butted heads like did you know your dad was a bad dude but Um, you didn't care because he was your dad or did you not realize the uh the prestige of his career i don't think i really took it into consideration like until i i heard 50 or 100 people tell me in one weekend that like hey dude I used to I used to race with your dad. Well, I used to ride, and your dad raced. Yeah. He would pass me when he lapped me. Yeah, and uh, I I don't I can't count on my hands and toes how many times I've heard that. And yeah. um, <clears throat> after that, I was kind of like, all right, yeah, yeah, this guy, this guy's the real deal. And then yeah, I remember your dad. <clears throat> I always think of your dad. He wore MSR, correct? Yeah, yeah, like his. Uh, I started my career at Cycle News. Yeah. So I remember one year, well, several years, I had to go to Daytona. The only guy from Cycle News at Daytona, Bike Week. Yeah. So it started off at Gainesville, the Motocross National, then you had Driver at Daytona, and it was the gnarliest week because I would have to cover like a flat track race like almost every night, and then the Alligator <laughs> Enduro, and then the GNCCC. And then I, they made me go to like the 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 – biker jap smash thing <laughs> you know where they have like a, a kawasaki or something and all the harley guys are just smashing with sledgehammers oh my but like daytona was always the most stressful week of my life because oh. i had to go like so many different things here, but, there, here, there. but yeah but i remember at one of the off-road races i met your dad and he was super nice and yeah because i was green i didn't know anything about off-road really and he kind of talked me through how the sport worked and everything that's pretty cool yeah <clears throat> Yeah, I've seen I've seen some videos of him back in the day, and like, he is crazy. Yeah, he was he was the real deal. Like he, I mean, there was a video of him at one race. I think it was it was some mud race. I think it was in Brownsville, Pennsylvania, and um, it was it was raining hardcore, and somebody told him like he was going. I think they were supposed to do like four laps or something Mm -hmm. and they had shortened the race after they had started it. And somebody told him on the last 
what was supposed to be the third lap was the last lap. Yeah. And I think he caught up to Scott Summers. I don't know. It was like he was like a, a minute or two behind and he caught him in half a lap and they went across the finish line and my dad ghost rode my or ghost rode his bike across the finish line and I think Summers ended up winning, but they did an interview with him that like the T V did an interview uh-huh. with him after the race and he was just like he was so pissed. Yeah. <laughs> he was like Did he did he ghost ride it because he thought the bike would get past Summers? I think or? he was just so mad seeing red i think he was just seeing red and he came across the finish line they they literally crossed like it was like a knobby yeah that that summers won by but i think he was just so pissed that they shortened the race oh yeah rode his bike just (laughs) maybe he was pissed because he got beat by scott summers and so goofy with his (laughs) his foot wide handlebars On the XR 600, dude. Yeah. I saw, yeah, I saw a video actually on YouTube not too long ago. Was, I can't rem- remember the name of the GNCC, but it was from like maybe 2000 or 99 or something like that. Or no, it was, it was 96 because it was, uh, it was <laughs> the year I was born. Mm-hmm. The, the year he didn't win the championship. <laughs> um, but he was number one, and and Summers. It was him, Summers, and this this other dude. But Summers looked so crazy, like on that bike, like yeah, like you said, foot wide handlebars. And, and he's all giant, and he was wearing giant. chest protector under his jersey. Dude, huge! And then you see my dad, just a little yeah. nimble guy on his two strokes, just uh-huh. like riffing around. But dude, you see them go at it, and it's so gnarly. Like they were. I think yeah. I mean, they'd have they'd have some some good battles with the dudes today. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Uh, how many of the dudes today would pick up their bike like Scott Summers? Right. Oh, I can't dude. believe he used to pick that thing up. <laughs> Not many people can pick that thing up. Yeah. That thing uh, is. How a, much How much off road racing did you do? Like, do you have any off road titles? Oh yeah. Like, I think I have like maybe. Five in the in the youth class, like mm-hmm. from seven to nine, sixty-five, seven to nine to like I think I won super many twelve to thirteen. Mm-hmm. I think I believe I don't know maybe I have to check back with you on that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. um, I after that I I got like third two years in a row in two fifty a and then um. I won my first GNCC XC2 class uh, Steel Creek in 2013. Mm-hmm. I got fourth overall. I was, I was so mad. I think the dude beat me by like 14 seconds or something mm-hmm. like that on time. But, <clears throat> yeah, I, I raced. Shoot, I, that's all I focused on mm-hmm. from like 2006 because they didn't have – they didn't have like a 50 cc class or anything they just had air scrambles for that but as soon as i got on like 65s and i was pretty sizable on them mm-hmm. my dad just threw me into one and and i won my first one and it was st clairsville ohio i think it was 2006 mm-hmm. maybe end of 2005 but um yeah I, I fell in love with them yeah first one was mud mess 
so I was I was pumped on it and yeah that next year I was kind of like that was my pathway yeah. from then on and and we we usually did we usually <clears throat> did like two amateur two or three amateur nationals a year mm-hmm. if we were lucky we would get to four <laughs> but uh no I I just kind of focused on woods yeah. uh, i mean i rode moto all the time but yeah. it was it was more of my main focus to just to ride the woods when you go to an amateur national on a motocross bike where you're like oh dude my bike feels weird without hand guards <laughs> i don't got my back canteen on. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was so light it was weird because like <clears throat> at first they didn't they didn't make the the ims tanks for um the 85s mm-hmm. and it would feel a little, it'd feel a little weird because my dad, like, he, like, I don't know, it looked like a plastic weld. Uh-huh. He, he did the, uh, the tank so the quick fill would fill in. Yeah. And, um, after, like, that, it would feel a little bit weird, but when the big tanks came out, yeah. like, for the 85s, it felt really weird. Yeah. Like, because... They were real they wide, were right? Instead of the radio shroud, the tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's a radio shroud that thing. <laughs> so yeah, after that, going from that to a motocross bike, it was it was a little weird. It yeah. just felt really, really skinny. Yeah. But, hey, uh, so obviously you you developed your your core riding technique and skills off road, but hmm. is there ever any instances at the nationals where your off road experience really? helps you do something that like maybe a a hundred percent his whole life moto guy can't do or struggles with? Um, I think just little things like, I don't think like, like huge things. I mean, maybe if there was like something that, that like simulated a, a route or something like Mm -hmm. those, those, those gnarly like squared out, yeah bumps but other than that kind of like i think it's just like line selection Mm -hmm. dude like i don't know what it was maybe it was just like looking everywhere for lines in the woods like looking through trees and everything that made me really good at line selection but it's just like I don't know. I I felt like last year it was it was really like up there on the on the skill level. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's the biggest the biggest thing that off road has helped me with. Yeah. That mud riding. <laughs> but but dude, the roots are gnarly. Dude, they <clears throat> are gnarly. Especially, it's like they might as well have grease on them, right? Dude, especially in Florida, like the Florida roots aren't that slick well yeah i mean once you once the quads roll over them and they get take that, <laughs> that that first that first little layer off of them yeah but they're called palmetto when, roots dude when they're white yeah they're dude they are slick they yeah like you said might as well have freaking grease on them or something because if you don't if you don't pick up your wheel on those front wheel you Done. can dislocate a shoulder quick yeah <laughs> like it throws you down faster than anything yeah it it's crazy um but yeah like floater roots aren't that aren't that slick but you get in west virginia ohio mm-hmm. 
anywhere else pretty much, you got to watch out for them roots. Yeah. The Yamaha last year had their uh, YZFX intro at Randy Hawkins' place. Yeah. And uh, I took Talon LaFontaine and, and we went out there and we were spent most of the day filming and shooting him, you know, cause he made this off-road transition. But at the end of the day, I'm like riding and I've got my cameras on my back. Right. So I'm like, Oh dude, can't crash, can't crash. But we started going and we're like really close to back to the trucks. And there's this little uphill and it had roots going down like oh. diagonally. And I washed my front end going uphill and somehow I didn't fall then, but I like it came back. And I shot off, and I'm like, don't hit a tree, don't hit a tree. <laughs> and then I I hit a tree, and then I <laughs> shot off backwards, but I ended up crashing off the bike and flying through the air. And as I was flying through the air, I'm just all, I'm going to hit a tree and just break something or whatever. But <laughs> I got lucky, and I didn't. Yeah. But, yeah, the, those roots were, it was like no chance. I had no chance. Like, yeah. I'd probably go up 10 times, and I'd crash 10 times. If, yeah, if, if you don't know how to like handle roots they will they'll throw you down mm-hmm. they'll throw you down pretty quick the i mean even even now i think i would struggle with them <laughs> <laughs> i i struggle with root, roots and rocks are where my achilles <laughs> yeah they just didn't really mesh with me too well <laughs> yeah, yeah. don't have to deal with them now right <laughs> yeah hey we were uh talking a lot about your dad so let's segue into your new role as a dad and i mean yeah how uh how much did it change your life and your perspective on everything like you know it was it was kind of crazy you know um it i i didn't think it would it would change my life that that much and then you know when when he was actually here it was just like wow like you know it's just somebody somebody else that you you can come home to and and uh they're always happy to see you no matter what mm-hmm. you have a bad day you have a good day any kind of day they he's he's so pumped to see you yeah. like it's it's pretty crazy and then yeah like it kind of changed my my outlook on on this whole career to from wanting to do good to having to do good so mm-hmm. so he has a better life you know like yeah. so he has the life that i had when i was little you know like it it kind of just puts everything into perspective a little bit yeah it, you know it's crazy dude for you how is it to look, he looks just like you right? <laughs> to like look at your kid and he looks exactly like you did it's it's crazy like i there's this there's this picture my parents have him in uh their basement at their house and <clears throat> i have a i have a bowl cut or whatever and I'm, <laughs> I'm i'm standing like with my foot perched up on a helmet and my dad's number one like i think it was 95 ktm in the background mm-hmm. and dude he looks dead on yeah like dead on it's so crazy like even like even in pictures i mean most people say like oh yeah they don't notice it but 
I can't help but to notice yeah. like he looks exactly like he was in, he even has the hairline already. I, <laughs> I apologized to him already for that, but like there's, it's, uh, it's crazy to me. It's, it's pretty awesome though. Yeah. I love it. Have you given any thought yet to it? Like, is he going to be a writer? You know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to let him choose, you know, yeah. I, I, I'd be pumped if he was, you know, mm-hmm. I'd be pumped if he want to play golf or basketball or football or whatever. Um, you know, I'm going to let him decide on his, uh, his deal. Even today, shoot, he could be, he could be a, a gamer and make it, <laughs> make, you make more money than I'm yeah, making. Right? <laughs> yeah. How mind blowing is that? Dude? That is crazy. Gaming and everything like, what do you call it? In the interweb. Yeah. Blowing up. Yeah, yeah. Blowing so up I think when I called earlier, you were gaming, right? Oh, yeah. Was it like a headset deal or oh, no, someone no, else? I was, I was gaming on old, old B-Rad's computer up here. Oh, okay. There's this game called MX Simulator. Mm-hmm. It's been out for a while, but nobody really plays it because it's literally like learning how to ride a dirt bike. Oh, it's but super on a controller. Yeah. It's, ah. it's pretty complicated. I don't think if it's, it's way hard. It's, <clears throat> it's almost too hard. <laughs> Were you good? I mean, I've been playing it for quite a while, like on and off. Yeah. But I got it in like in 2010 or 11. Mm-hmm. So I've been playing it quite a bit. So I'm, I can stay up. Nice. Most people, most people you play it and it's like, you literally can't stay up. Yeah. You can you might be able to like ride in a straight line, but it's, it's like I said, literally like trying to, so it's pretty realistic. Though. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. Okay. So aside from MX simulator, yeah. uh, what other hobbies do you have? Like, I mean, uh, obviously mountain biking and cycling is part of your training program, yeah. but if you didn't have to train, would you still do that stuff? Like, do you enjoy it? I like mountain biking. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously it's kind of like, I, I thought it was more fun and like when you were doing it for fun. Yeah. I thought it was more fun when, when I would do it with my buddies and, and we would just go out and, <coughs> and, uh, ride for fun and, and not think of it as training. And then we came out here, it's like train, 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 train. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, I think I might, if I, if I wasn't riding, I think I might enjoy road biking a little bit more, mm-hmm. but it's just like so repetitive right now Yeah, that it's kind of like, a, uh, if I would, if I stopped riding, if I had to stop riding today, I'd probably take a break from it for a little bit mm-hmm. and then probably get back into it because yeah. I like my bike right now. Like, I, I don't know what it is, but I bought this bike. It's a uh, specialized uh, Robe. Mm-hmm. And it's just so comfortable, mm-hmm. but um, I don't, I don't think I could help myself but to ride it a little bit. <laughs> hey, that day I saw you guys at Greer, it was a big group. It was you, Justin Cooper, Oldenburg, Malcolm, mm-hmm. um, and Swanee. And then what was the amateur kid's name? Uh, there's Matthew LeBlanc. Yeah, it was LeBlanc was yeah. with you guys. So was that that was a Saturday or a Sunday? I think. Or was Saturday. A, it was a Saturday. Saturday. So was that a fun group ride or was that a hammer fest train, <laughs> training ride? Uh, that was kind of like 
not mellow, but like a base mountain bike ride. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much a base mountain bike ride. Like heart rate. I mean, for me, I'm I'm like 20 beats lower than everybody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is that a uh, is that because you're in really good shape, or is that a a a physical? I think that's just like a just a physical thing. Like with me, like um. I've always been like low heart rate. Like Swanee yeah. was like almost freaked out <laughs> by it at first. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that's just with me. Like with Coop, I would be like almost 25 to 30 beats lower than mm-hmm. him at mm-hmm. all times. And then that kind of stopped us from, from doing like recovery rides together and stuff like that. Yeah, but, yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, like heart rate zone, maybe like 130 to 150 mm-hmm. you know that day was yeah and it was just more of a fun ride yeah the hammer fest we freaking go up to i indian truck trail oh yeah oh my gosh yeah i was gonna say because like greer to me is like more of a fun place to ride mm-hmm. uh, although it's good for intervals because it's kind of punchy and everything yeah. but but yeah indian truck trail sucks dude that i don't think i've been to a worse climb <laughs> have it's, you done it recently nah like luckily i haven't done it this from the off season till now oh like okay. i haven't done it but i've done it more than enough times to yeah. know that it is not fun does has swanee made you go when you get to main divide has he ever made you go to the towers oh no he always says like Oh yeah, we're gonna go to the towers today. We're gonna go to the towers today. And then Dude, when I'm like Main Divide to Towers, that portion is like twice as hard as grocery store to main divide. Dude. That like I'm I, I literally I think am last every single time going up that really thing. Yeah. I I mean I can I can do anything like I we did this road bike loop and it's like gnarly climbing and I'm pretty good at that Mm -hmm. but I don't know what it is I don't know why but I think I just hate it so much that I just do not want to climb it at all like it it makes me it, it depresses me when we have to climb that thing yeah I'm just like headed there like why yeah why why? <laughs> a good thing about that place is it's the only place around you can ride right after a big storm. Yeah. It's so sandy. Mm. Like the last, I think last week we had a lot of rain and as soon as the rain stopped, I went to ITT <laughs> and I was going up and I'm like, you know, like partway up, there's that right left that always has puddles in it. Yeah. So then after that I went up and the whole thing was gone and that where you kind of go into the canyon in that one steep left turn going up yeah like it's one where you're hauling ass down that's the one place if you're gonna crash on a fire road it's right there yeah it's gone right there's like it a just big ravine went through there and like holy crap i i put my bike on my shoulder and like climbed across and and kept going but no way you could ride that it's, it's like 10 feet of the trail is gone they were telling me something about that because um the east coast star guys did it uh like two weeks ago i think Mm -hmm. and i was like i was like yeah somebody will go up there and drive across it fix it or something like that and they were like 
Nah, you you're gonna have to like have some something serious to, yeah. to fix that thing. I need some <laughs> equipment up there. Um, the 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 heart rate thing you're talking about. Yeah. Like so, do you get your heart rate high on a motocross bike? Like when you're racing? Um, like it's crazy. You know, they show your heart rate on the screen sometimes. Like Christian's yeah. is super high, and uh, yeah. I mean, what's like the max that you hit when you're racing? Uh, I I've actually never wore heart rate monitor when i'm racing oh really yeah but when i'm riding usually it only gets to like 170 something like that you're like tickle then it's yeah it's crazy it's yeah tickle is kind of yeah me and me and brock like when uh brock did train with swanee he we we did a lot of training together because Similar our heart, heart rates, yeah, yeah. Our heart rates were were really uh, really low. Yeah, we were, we were climbing Mount Baldy one day, and we're talking and going, and, and he, he looks at me and goes, "Bro, you're really sweaty." <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, "What's your heart rate? What's your heart rate?" I looked at him, I go, "It's, it's one seventy. And he goes, "Oh, well, what's yours?" And he goes. 110 <laughs> i was like you're such a goon dude yeah. yeah his heart rate is like freakishly low yeah i've always like almost like wanted to be that low mm-hmm. like i would i would always be probably like 10 beats higher than he was mm-hmm. but Still i would always all... like try and breathe and like yeah lower mine and then i'd be like yo what's your hurry bro yeah. <laughs> the funny thing about that day is we're on baldy doing that and it shows that he's kind of got a sense of humor he goes he goes 110 i'm all what and he goes methylhexamine bro <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> so you know he can joke about that at least. <laughs> bro. so hey i hear he's gonna get a sentence pretty soon or supposedly yeah yeah, something like that, because that riders meeting that um, Bowers organized last mm-hmm. in, in Minneapolis, um, the Feld guys also pulled the press in and said, "Hey, do you have questions for us and stuff?" And that was brought up, and you know they they had said that they're just upset is upset about him not getting the uh, attention as like anyone else's, I guess. So I, I wasn't in the meeting, but yeah. from what I'm told, that it was. They indicated that something's going to happen for him pretty soon. That's good. They need to get on that because, like, it's been a year, dude. It's like, I mean, I could, I could, I mean, it's, it leaves me speechless that they haven't answered to him yet. Mm-hmm. Like, it's already been a year that he's been out of work. Yeah, and and then now that he's going to get a sentence for however long they make it. Yeah. Like it should be all right, well, you've served your Well yeah, it counts. Like the, the it does. he hasn't really it does, it does okay. count. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> what if his sentence is six months and are they gonna refund him six months of his life? Yes. Seriously. Like, the thing that I really disagree with about that sentencing and the ban and everything is like he's not allowed to race any other series. Like he should just be banned from the one, right? Yeah. But like, cause like we didn't realize that, and like uh, Red Bull had that media challenge at the Straight Rhythm, mm-hmm. so we were like, "I was like, hey Brock, do you want to race our 250 KTM?" And he's like, "Yeah." So we're, 
it was already at pro circuit and getting done up. And then he goes, Oh, I found out I can't make any money on a dirt bike. Like, and so I was like, let's just change your name to Kwando Chamalaki or something Yeah, and do it anyway. But yeah, cause he was going to do that and he was going to do our, that slam race thing that we do. But from what he told me, he can't make any money as an athlete. Like, so like he couldn't go race a 5k and win money. That would, that would, instead of his sentence starting back when he was suspended, it, it would, would start. move up. Yeah. See, that's crazy. That's, that's not right. I, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like that the, I feel like in, in this sport, they need to be on it like now Mm -hmm. like he should have had a sentence like the next month or the next two weeks even yeah i mean what are they doing like (laughs) what do they got to decide like has it took him this long to decide oh how long should he be banned for how long should he not be able to race for like Mm. it's i mean just to give the guy some kind of something. Yeah. The idea to, of when he can continue, yeah, right? When, when, or if he, if he can start something to make him money away from motocross yeah. until that time comes again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I feel so sorry for him cause he's so in the dark about things. Mm-hmm. He's kind of run the, the gamut of emotions. Like I, I saw him one day and he's like talking about retiring. Right. Yeah. And then I saw him a couple of days later and he's like talking about racing and I'm all, well, what changed your mind? And I guess he, he's training Marshall Welton yeah. and he said he rode Marshall's bike and he's all, I still got it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, Change his mind. But I hope something happens for him soon. Dude. Yeah. I, I hope too. Like, yeah. I mean, since that thing went down, I felt bad for him. Yeah. Just, how, how, uh, how conscious is of all that stuff are you, you know, cause like when you see someone like Brock get popped for something that he doesn't have any clue what he took, like, I mean, are you and, you know, Swanee being your trainer, are you like looking at labels of everything and like, you can get in trouble for taking too much ibuprofen or aspirin or something too, right? Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I, yeah, I think, shoot, just about anything yeah. really. I mean, it's, it's almost ridiculous <laughs> like at the stuff that that can that can get you banned but um no i th- i uh i mean we have um tyler kolesiak as uh kind of a nutrition mm-hmm. supplement guy and and i've i have a lot of uh a lot of faith in him yeah. and um a lot of trust and i have a lot of trust in swanee and then i do take uh the hammer nutrition stuff. Mm-hmm. And I know that's all clean. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I, I have a lot of, um, a lot of trust in my, in my program. Yeah. I just, so it's like every meal you eat when you're in California, a BC fit meal. Uh, well, I mean, or like I, the large majority of them. Yeah. Well, it's like adult happy meals, right? Yeah. It's almost, <laughs> but yeah, they, they come pre-made and, and they're all, I think, almost under 500 calories oh really yeah okay. so it's 
it's pretty clean. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's still pretty good too. Um, you know, I mean, obviously going out to eat and getting a fat cheeseburger would be nice, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you gotta, in this sport, you gotta take every, every ounce that you can get. Yeah. Yeah. Take every, uh, advantage as it comes so how do those work do they give them to you in a, a week at a time or something or uh it's like half weeks so half weeks and then monday and then wednesday and you just zap them microwave? Um, yeah you can either microwave them or you can throw them in the uh skillet or pan depending uh-huh. on what it is and yeah I do was, you get to choose what you want like is there a menu or does he just give you what you're gonna eat uh there's i think there is um there's like bulk weight cutting and athlete mm-hmm. so it's kind of like uh, you can choose one of those yeah but all the meals like i think they have to cook so much that if they did give out a menu on like different stuff you yeah they would just kind of be there for days yeah. <laughs> right, on, right on well hey um i know that you have to pack <laughs> for your trip tomorrow. So uh, I want to thank you for uh, sitting down with me and chatting. It's been yeah, fun. It's been awesome. And uh, I'm Good looking to forward up. to, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that seven on the box. Yeah. I'm, like, I are you going to do a soon. dance when you get on the box or are you not going to do a dance till you win? I don't know. I've been, <laughs> I've been thinking about that. I think, I think a dance would be maybe a little too much if I got on the box. But yeah. if I won. Oh yeah. It's out. It's, it's coming, coming out. out, dude. Do you pre-plan them? I don't like. No? Well, yeah, I d- they last year they all just came to me. They just came out. Yeah, they just came out. So it's not like you're like looking up YouTube like certain dances. No, I'm I kind of want. I want to learn the like the you know the like the Irish River Dance or whatever <laughs> it is, like the t- the foot tapping and the, yeah. holding the hips and stuff, and then that, and then I want to do line dance. Uh huh. And then. uh yeah, something along those lines. Just All right. You gotta win at least two races to get those I things know. done then. I'm I'm trying. I think it's coming soon. I yeah. think at least at least a podium's coming soon. Nice. So nice. We'll right, get there. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Swap Moto Live podcast show presented by Ogio and hosted by my dad, Don Mera. Thanks for listening.